welcome to the Steroids Podcast with your host, Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Steroids Podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Guide to Roids, 109-page ebook by Dan the Bodybuilder from Thailand. Now, for the first time in bodybuilding history, you have someone with no corporate interests and no obligation to please anyone, not walking on eggshells to not offend. Ultimate Guide to Roids gives you the information, the whole information, the whole truth, not a full truth and a half truth full truth ultimate guide to roids gives you the keys to the lamborghini gives you the information and lets you decide what to do with it it's a crime this information has been suppressed this long now let's get on with the podcast okay welcome back to another episode of the steroids podcast with your host dan the bodybuilder from thailand well you know i told you guys back in uh Back in July, August, right when I was leaving to Belarus, as you know, I had been in um, California because I had been forced to come home from Vietnam uh, back to the states um, to because of the the COVID, um, you know, world induction into communism, and uh, then you know I said, you know what enough of this fuck this and uh, I went to Belarus um, and arrived there during their big um, you know like coup or something that they're having they they were having like a, a huge protest about their elections which you know Western Western uh, governments were definitely involved with that okay they they the western governments you know were not friendly towards um the president of belarus so you know i was in the middle of that and that was a really great experience being in belarus when i was there um so i was in belarus until uh from august i was there for a month until september and then i went to i went to albania after that Stayed there, and then um, in the middle of October, I traveled to Ukraine, and this is where I've been uh, ever since, um, and I will be going to Turkey shortly, um, and I'll be in Turkey for a while, uh, but, uh, you know, it's been a great trip out here. It's been it's been a great trip, this, um, this Eastern European trip uh, that I've been on, uh, living in Eastern Europe. Belarus, uh, Albania, and Ukraine, and now uh, going down to uh, Eastern Europe, Middle East, Turkey. Um, you know, I I believe that this is the the last chance uh, for free travel because you know the 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 uh, people that control the world, the corporations, the international corporations, and uh, the uh, people who own the banks, the people who own the media. And, um, you know, that it's a certain group of people, um, they, they are hell bent on making this happen. And so, and so unless the actual citizens, not some kind of, you know, politician that everyone worships like, uh, Donald Trump to save them or something like that, you know, unless the actual people take it upon themselves 
to stop this madness and uh, total violence against the citizens, um, genocide against the citizens uh, that's, you know, being done in the name of keeping you safe. Like, like Jesus Christ, do you, do you really think that, uh, you know, communism comes, they're just going to say, oh yeah, we're going we're to do communism guys. We're going to do it. No, it has to come under some pretext, obviously, but you know, I, you know, I gave a lot of humanity, you know, the benefit of the doubt, you know, on their intelligence before, but you know, after this whole experience, I, I really, uh, it's opened my eyes a lot. It's opened my eyes to a lot to that. Most people, you know, the, or the majority of people are, uh, computers and and they get software downloaded to them and then they you know follow the coding in the software so they are not able to use their own brains they um you know they are sheep and that's why the world elite disrespects us so much because of the average human's complete um inability to think for themselves uh so uh, anyways, it's, you know, it's been an interesting trip. You know, I've been, I've been out here traveling around, you know, uh, uh, living in different countries and everything during these, during this time. And, you know, every nation is coordinated in lockstep. You guys, it's, it's, it's a, it's a worldwide agenda. You know, all the countries, all the nations have signed on to this grand plan to transform society. And, you know, no one would know that better than me who's been all around to all the different countries and, uh, you know, watched how they all are and watched them all act in lockstep. You know, if you don't have that perspective, you know, if you only live in your country or you've only, you know, for the most part been in your country or you just have been in a couple other countries for a few days for tourism, you won't understand the worldwide coordination and lockstep um, in, in uh, events, worldwide events. So that's one of the things that, traveling a lot gives to you is a worldwide much larger perspective than the one like you know the americans for example you know they think that the covid thing is just all for um you know the u.s election uh which is is so false so false because you know if they could just see outside themselves for a moment and see uh you know what's happening to the rest of the world they would they would see that it has nothing to do with the u.s election it's a worldwide agenda happening so it's been very interesting during my my uh my trip my travels this has been a trip that uh it, it's been great actually um uh, i'm 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 leaving ukraine very soon like i said which is kind of sad i really liked ukraine you know i'd say that out of any country that i've been in you know the rumors are true the rumors are true about ukraine there are is a greater concentration of beautiful women here and variety of phenotypes than any other country in the world that I've been to. Um, at the same time, though, the women are very manipulative here. Um, they're very smart in a way, uh, or devious. Um, and, um, you, you know, all women will try to dominate you um, as you get deeper into relationships with them um, and try to, yeah, they'll try to dominate you. That's, that's part of the... Um, uh, the biolo the biology of of women they have to do that to test you and to make sure you're strong and it's it's part of their nature and you have to be able to withstand that um so that's a, a trait of all women worldwide uh but the ukrainian women are definitely especially talented at that so they really live up to their reputation you know i've noticed that women in different um 
parts of the world that have reputations. Like, for example, everybody, you know, if you mention like Thai women, everybody has a certain thing that comes to mind. It's like, oh, Thai women. Or you think Ukrainian women, uh, something like that. When you think of uh, women who have a reputation in certain countries, I would say from my experience, it's always for a reason and they live up to those reputations, which is very interesting. It's not like just a rumor that isn't true. If a nationality of women has a reputation, it's for a reason and they do live up to those reputations. Uh, so anyways, uh, you, Ukraine, Ukraine's, been, Ukraine's been really nice. Uh, it's been very cold here. It's been very cold here. Um, but I've enjoyed speaking Russian with them. And I've enjoyed, um, you know, training here. Um, going to their pharmacies and buying uh, Nordytropin over the counter without a prescription. You know, it costs, it, for a 45 IU Nordytropin pen at the pharmacy here, you just walk in and you just ask for it and then they give it to you. And it costs, uh, at the pharmacy, they ask for about 115 U.S. for that. Um, they also sell um, Gelfa Omnidren um, over-the-counter at the pharmacy, so Sestanon 250, pharmaceutical grade, um, which is really good stuff. And they, at the pharmacy, the average price they ask for that is about um, 20 U.S. dollars for 5 milliliters, so 40 U.S. dollars for 10, like a... Yeah, it's it's uh so the steroid situation here in Ukraine's great. <laughs> uh but but yeah, it's it's definitely been it's it's been uh, a good trip and you know, this is kind of complete, you know, I think that in my opinion traveling is going to be over for a while uh pretty soon here because of what I see the patterns uh with the countries um you know wanting to put people under house arrest, um stop people from traveling over borders. Um, wanting to lock down and imprison uh, their people. I don't see travel being a uh, possible thing for much longer. And with the vaccine passports and stuff, am I going to get the, the COVID vaccine or any other vaccines that, uh, you know, Bill Gates wants me to take? No, absolutely not. I'm not, I would never do that. You know, they, people ask me, well, what about your lifestyle? You know, like, what about traveling? Are you going to take it so you can keep traveling? And the answer is no, traveling's over. If that's the prerequisite to travel, I will never stri- I will never go away from my morals. Okay, those are the things that are the most important to me. My morals, the things that I stand by. I'll 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 die to defend them, you know. So, um, I'm not someone that can be bought, someone that can be coerced, manipulated to do things. I've grown out of. I've grown above that. I've grown above that. And, uh, you know, I do what I do. I don't do what other people tell me to do. I do what I do. And that's a very strict rule for me. Very strict, hard rule. You know, I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather be dead than do what someone else wants me to do. I do what I do. That's it. I am me. I do what I do. So uh, that's part of the thing that traveling, it gives you really big perspective on you know, social conditioning and everything, um, living in different cultures for extended periods of time. It gives you huge insight into social conditioning and, you know, that the world is very much like the matrix and that you, uh, it helps you find yourself. It's almost like a psychedelic experience traveling. 
being in different cultures for extended periods of time and seeing that they have different values and beliefs than what you grew up in and what you grew up in thinking was true, was right, was the only things, the way that things should be, was the way that things are, it's false when you go to a different section of the world. Um, you know, it's not homogenous, you know, and uh, that it, it's a psychedelic experience um, and, and it makes you very aware. It very challenges your beliefs of what the world is, uh, what you are, how you fit in with society. Um, and then also uh, ostracizes you, you a bit from other people because then you have these um, uh, insights that other people just don't have that are very prominent in your life which makes it very difficult for other people to uh, relate to you, which is uh, very interesting. But I, I would say, you know, the, the experiences that I've had, um, you know, traveling from when I first went to Thailand for the first time to live there, and then all the other places that I've been in the world and lived and enjoyed their cultures, enjoyed meeting the people, um, enjoyed their smiles, etc. That has been so priceless, so priceless and so essential for my mental development and uh, for just my uh, vision of, you know, what I want my life to be, what I want my life story to be. You know, I'm so glad that I've had this opportunity to, um, you know, before all this shit started happening, to uh, live in different cultures all over the world and experience them. And, you know, um, you know, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of teenagers, you know, teenage dudes say, oh, I want to be with girls from all over the world. And, you know, I've, I've had that experience, you know, that ability to date girls from different countries all over the world, uh, which has also been something that has been very great experiencing the, uh, the, the, um, you know, the, the, the nice femininity of, of, uh, of women from all different cultures. And, uh, you, you know, it's been, it's been such a priceless experience. It's been such a priceless experience experience. And I'm so thankful and glad that I've been able to do it. So, uh, getting on to the podcast questions. The first one is from, uh, Eric. Um, and he says, Hey man, absolutely love your podcast and just bought your book. Ultimate guide to roids. I'm 32, six foot four, two fifty ish. Just started a cycle of super test four fifty. So 450 milligrams per milliliter testosterone and Anadrol. This is my first time running Anadrol running 50 milligrams every day and the testosterone three times per week. Okay. So it looks like he's running, um, 450 milligrams of testosterone three times per week. So that's, um, 1,350 milligrams testosterone per week with 50 milligrams Anadrol every day. Was on blood pressure medication seven years ago, but got my diet under control and was able to get off and have had no trouble with it on gear in the past, except with D-ball. It's not too high now, 140 over 80 range, but no higher than that. Do you think it would be good, be okay, or a good idea to take lisinopril to keep it in check? Yeah, yeah, you do want to keep your, your blood pressure, um, you know, as close to 120 over 80 as possible. You know, it's a systolic number that really matters the most, the m number on top which is the maximum pressure when your heart beats that your veins get. And, you know, blood pressure is really a silent killer. That's something that if you have high blood pressure over time, when you get around, especially when you're young, when you get around 50, 60 years old, man, is that going to have cumulatively fucked up your cardiovascular system. And a lot of people have genetic high blood pressure, myself included. 
Um, my I've always had um, higher blood pressure than average, um, and steroids have exacerbated that. Um, you know, I I use Tell Me Sartan, a blood pressure medication. It's a uh, angiotensin type two receptor antagonist. I use eighty milligrams a day of uh, Tell Me Sartan um, for my blood pressure. Uh, steroids make my blood pressure really go up and I already have, um, genetically high blood pressure. So if I don't use that on steroids, my, my blood pressure will be around like 150, 140, 150 over 80 or so. And, uh, you know, it, it's really important to keep that down around 120, 130, you know, you'd, 140 would be the absolute maximum that you'd want to ever have it at, um, as far as like on a day to day basis. Um, you know, headaches is a big, is a big, uh, consequence of high blood pressure. If you've got chronic headaches, you should really check your blood pressure. Um, you know, lisinopril that, that's a, that's a good one too. That's a good one to take, you know, in your situation when you've got, um, uh, 140 over 80 and you're on steroids and you're wondering if you t- should take, uh, the blood pressure medication again, you know, I would say yes. If I was in your shoes, I would, um, I don't want to have high blood pressure. It causes so many problems and it is definitely dangerous, uh, especially over the long term. It will catch up with you. And I, I think it's, it's good, you know, to take a blood pressure medication. Don't take a, a, a beta blocker or something like that. Don't take diuretics, but an angiotensin uh, system medication that... Um, that's that's the system that tightens or uh, relaxes your blood vessels, uh, kind of similar to the way that Viagra or Cialis tightens and relaxes blood vessels, but specifically in your dick, uh, the angiotensin antagonists or enzyme blockers, they do it um, in the veins in your whole body instead. Um, and I do think that that is a good thing for steroid users with high blood pressure to use. If you're on steroids, you've got chronic high blood pressure. In my opinion, you should get on a uh, blood pressure medication of the angiotensin receptor class. Uh, it won't affect you as far as like slowing down your heart or making you tired or weak or something like that, like the other types of blood pressure medications will. Okay, the next question is from James. It's my first cycle, so I wanted to do more than just testosterone. So I'm taking test probe, 700 milligrams a week, Winstrol, 60 milligrams per day, 30 milligrams super draw per day. But not sure if I need the tamoxifen because when I do feel like, because when I do take it, I feel like total dog shit, no energy at all to do anything. But I'm only taking 20 milligrams tamoxifen three times per week. Um, you know, whenever you take something, and it makes you feel like shit, that's a sign that you shouldn't take it. So I just want to say that with any um, any any steroid or any, um, any ancillary medication for steroids or any other medication, etc., that you take, you never want to take stuff that makes you feel like shit. That's a sign that your body is saying, no, please don't give me that. Uh, please... Take that away and, and don't put that into me. Uh, different people are going to have different sensitivities. And when you notice that feeling with your body, um, you should listen. Uh, that, that's, that's something with all, with all this steroid stuff is, is you need to listen to what your body tells you. 
You know, I say the same thing about people who ask with aromatase inhibitors. Novodex is a, is a is an estrogen receptor blocker, but aromatase inhibitors are um, things that actually lower your whole body estrogen level. But you know, it goes with any anything, steroids too, or any other medication. If it makes you feel like shit, that's your body talking to you, and don't take it. So that's my advice for you. Uh, next question is from Will. Hey Dan, gynecomastia question here. Back in 2007, after several cycles of pro-hormones, I developed a mild case of gyno. Ended up having surgery to remove the tissue and the gland associated with gyno years later. Now I'm considering running a cycle of some Blackstone Labs products, and I'm wondering if there is anything I should be concerned with uh, since I don't have that gland anymore. Say that gyno could be sort of an early warning system for excess estrogen, and now I would not have that early warning system. Thoughts, or am I just overthinking this issue? Yeah, es uh, for estrogen levels, uh, nipple sensitivity is a great indicator for, you know, if if your estrogen levels are too high. But also indicators would be, um, you, you know, really dark uh, or really deep lines in your skin or marks if you're laying in bed or on the couch and then you get up and you're like, what the hell? I've got lines all over my body. Another one would be prostate being swollen. So you need to pee a lot or you're waking up in the night to pee, you know, several times a night or, you know, you pee and the stream's not very uh, strong or not much urine comes out, but you feel like you need to go really bad. That would be a sign of high estrogen. Um, and uh, another one would be unexplained um, low sex drive. Uh, so, you know, th those Blackstone Labs products that you're talking about, they're pro-hormones that turn into steroids. So that's what pro-hormones are, is it's, it's hormone, hormonal products that turn into steroids once they get into your body. So Blackstone Labs has a few. They have one that's like a, it's called like 1AD. Um, which, uh, which is a, it, it's a pro-hormone that once it's in your body, it turns into the steroid one testosterone. They've got another one, uh, that turns into, uh, testosterone. It's, it's called like brutal four CE or something. And then there's a third one that turns into DECA. And I think they call that abnormal. Um, that that's, I think the name, the brand name for it, abnormal, uh, but they're, they're all, um, they're all pro hormones that turn that which turn into steroids in your body, so you're gonna um, have uh, steroid side effects when using them because it's just a way of getting steroids into your body legally. <laughs> uh, you know, if you're if you have a little bit of high estrogen, I I don't think that that's um, too much of an issue. I mean, you do want to have your estrogen levels in the normal range all the time, but like I said, if you're not uh, if you're comfortable and you're feeling good, then you're fine. But if you, uh, you know, if you are having side effects, you know, now you don't have that gland in your nipple, so you're probably not going to be having any nipple side effects. But if you have any of the other side effects and it's making you uncomfortable, then take the aromatase inhibitor, Arimidex or Letrozole or Ximestane. Take it on demand to fix the negative side effects. They work very quickly. You should feel the effects within three hours of taking them. So whenever you feel the side effects, take the anti-estrogen. Take the anti-estrogen for the purpose of getting rid of side effects when you first start to feel them. Next question is from Ryan. Hey, Dan. 
I'm using Ansimone human growth hormone at three I use per day, but not noticing anything crazy. Um, my wife also tried it at two I use a day and hasn't noticed a big difference in her skin or clearing up any acne. Are we doing something wrong or is it bunk stuff? And if it is bunk stuff, can you tell if you're getting farm grade HGH? Packaging looks good, has Chinese and English on it like you described in the podcast. Yeah, so Antimone is a pharmaceutical grade Chinese growth hormone used in mainland China China, uh, hospitals. Um, And so you didn't say anything about being on steroids. And and that that was my first thought um, when you started saying that. And also your your wife, you know, human growth hormone doesn't work for performance enhancement um, if you are not on a steroid cycle at the the same time. So you have to keep that in mind that human growth hormone alone will not have performance enhancing effects will not have fat burning effects muscle building effects um it it will have skin thickening effects um increasing collagen in the skin uh but definitely not in a week like you were saying uh that would be something more like a month to uh to two months to notice those kinds of effects um in the thickness of the skin for someone who's aging a bit um also growth hormone doesn't um clear up acne if you have acne problems, you need to either take, um, you know, the best medication to take is antibiotics for acne because acne is caused by bacteria that live on the skin, getting into the pores in the skin and then causing an infection inside the skin. And then the infection uh, creates, uh, uh, there's, there's, there's things that go on inside there to destroy the infection, which creates pus. And then, you know, it gets uh, shot out. The infection gets shot out when the p- pimple pops. Um, and so the best way to control acne uh, without doing something drastic like taking Accutane, which changes your skin for life, is to take antibiotic tablets like tetracycline or minocycline, uh, which doctors are very happy to prescribe for acne. Um, and those will make your body, they're tablets, and they make your body an inhospitable environment for bacteria so that, um, so it kills the acne from the inside out. The acne that live on your skin then don't, they can't get into your body and then create little infections because uh, as soon as they try to get in the pore, they die because of the antibiotics that are, um, you know, in there, saturated there. So uh, recommend talking to your doctor and getting on antibiotics um, if you have uh, if you have acne problems uh, gro- growth hormone is not something that is going to have an effect on acne uh, it will have an effect on um, somebody who has low collagen or skin thickness stretchiness from aging it will have an effect in making that more like when they're younger approximately a 20 year difference after a few months on it uh, you know back in time uh, with the skin, uh, the, but yeah, if you want fat loss, if you want fat loss, muscle gain, if you want to see your body looking different after a week of, uh, being on growth hormone, you have to be running a cycle with it and, and not just TRT, you have to be running a steroid cycle with it. So you need to be on 500 to 750 milligrams of testosterone and you need to be on something else too you know you need to be on like uh, 500 milligrams of primobolin or you need to be on 30 to 50 milligrams of winstrol or 50 milligrams of anadrol or some, something like that um you, you know you know or you, you could if you like deca you could be on 600 milligrams of deca with it 
Um, you know, but you need to be on a cycle. So for guys that want to use growth hormone, remember this. I'm really going to stress this. It will not have bodybuilding or performance enhancing effects if you don't be on a steroid cycle at the same time. That is the prerequisite to making growth hormone work. So growth hormone does not work without steroids. Growth hormone supercharges steroids and not the other way around. Steroids work alone. Growth hormone supercharges their effects. Growth hormone does not work alone. They require It requires steroids in order to work. Next question is from Danny. So I'm starting to get gyno from trend and test, but I don't want to stop. Can I get rid of it without stopping? I have an astrazole in a liquid dropper, Pramipexil, and Novodex tablets, but I've read online you shouldn't combine Novodex with trend at the same time. Yeah, so there's some... Uh, really retarded literature uh online from science guys that you know they they don't have experience and you know science is good but the you know it's good for creating theories okay it's not good for, you, you know you need to be able to apply that knowledge okay and so that's why experience trumps all and you know even though there is this ridiculous uh literature that Novodex on Trenbolone will increase uh, prolactin, the real-world effects of that um, are not true. So when you take Novodex on Trenbolone, it will work to block your estrogen receptor in your gyno and help to shrink gyno or block you from getting gyno. Uh, even though you've probably read the ridiculous things that people have wrote online because they like to read science studies that say that that's not going to happen. In the real world... When you're not just talking about books and things that people have read, but in the real world where bodybuilders are actually doing stuff, it works. <laughs> it works. Novodex with trend. Premipexil is okay. Cavergolin is so much better and has so much better prolactin coverage than Premipexil. You said you have Nov you said you have an Astrazole too. You know, you can definitely stop. The gyno. I, I I don't know if you'll be able to shrink it so much because being on trend, it's it's definitely hard to shrink it. But if you took the combination of anastrozole, pramipexil, and Novodex together, you should be able to at least stop it from progressing anymore and probably shrink it a bit. If you guys want to see any like uh like my anti-gyno or shrinking get rid of gyno protocol, you can go to bodybuilderinthailand.com and there's an article. It's like one of the first one or two articles on the homepage of the website, bodybuilderinthailand.com, that um, gives my protocols on how to use um, the different medications to get rid of your gyno that you have. If it's pubertal gyno or steroid gyno or trend gyno or, you know, D-ball gyno, whatever, whatever different kinds and then whatever medications you need, how to shrink it, how to get rid of it, um, etc. Yeah. So I recommend you go look at that article, How to Get Rid of Gyno. Uh, next question. Hey, Dan, the cycle is going good so far. I'm guessing equipoise lowers estrogen quite a bit as I don't run AIs. And I started on 350 milligrams per week test probe and front loaded the equipoise, then got crashed estrogen sides right away. So I decided to put test up to 625 and do equipoise at 200 a week. And it's going way better now. The fullness and vascularity is way better on the higher test. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so equipoise 
is a very low aromatizer. So the type of estrogen that equipoise becomes when it interacts with the aromatized enzyme that transforms male hormones into female hormones is it becomes E1. So E2 means estradiol. And that's the type of estrogen that is potent and has physiological effects, affects your body that uh, is measured on uh, blood tests by doctors. But because E1 estrone as opposed to E2 estradiol, so because E1 is so weak estrone um, and doesn't produce physiological effects, they don't even measure E1 on a blood test. And it turns out that when equipoise interacts with the aromatase enzyme, it becomes E1, estrone, not E2, estradiol. So equipoise has very low um, estrogen effects, uh, if any. And because it also becomes metabolites uh, that have anti-estrogen activity. So the breakdown or waste products as the equipoise is broken down and removed from your body um, is actually anti-estrogens. So, you know, for example, aromacin, exemestane, is a steroid. Uh, it's it's a steroid. You take it. It's a steroidal aromatase inhibitor. It's a steroid with very um, anti-estrogen aromatase-destroying um, effects. And so are some of the metabolites that are in equipoise. And it depends on your genetics, how sensitive you are to those metabolites. Not everybody is going to get anti-estrogen activity from equipoise, but everyone will get low estrogen activity from equipoise. But some people won't get an anti-estrogen effect from it. You do. And so what you did where you lowered the equipoise and raised the test to make yourself feel good, it was the right thing to do. When you're taking the steroids, it's all about troubleshooting for your body. Everybody has different enzyme levels, different genetics, different DNA that interacts with the different hormones uh, differently. You can never say cookie cutter things about like, you should take this, this, and this with steroids. It's always about getting things dialed in for each individual person. And that's where experience comes in. That's why when I work with guys, um, you know, that do the, the monthly text messaging with me, you know, it's, it's a lot of troubleshooting and getting things all dialed in correctly so that they're feeling good on, on steroids because a lot of people get on steroids and they, they don't feel good. They have a lot of side effects. They don't feel good, feel like shit. They have sex problems, you know, and it's not a question of, uh, of like they're doing something wrong because they're probably doing what's, you know, what they've read is what other people are doing and it worked for the other people, but it doesn't work for their body. And that's very typical. That's very normal. Um, steroids is all about personal experimentation. And the reason why I can help people a lot with those things is because I've worked with so many people um, with helping them with their personal experimentation, a lot of personal experience. And then I do know the science knowledge as well. So I have the science knowledge, but my experience is very vast, both personal and on hundreds of different people. Um, and so I can, I can help you because of that to know, um, what, what you need to do to make it right. Ask you the right questions that are going to give me the information I need to help you do what you need to do to have, uh, low side effects. Anyways, though, what you said about, you know, how you lowered the, uh, the equipoise and increased the testosterone, that was the right thing to do. Like I said earlier with the guy talking about, uh, um, Novadex or something, 
whenever you're taking this stuff, you've got to listen to your body and do what feels right. Don't listen to the internet. Don't listen to forums. Don't listen to these guys on YouTube telling you what to do. Listen to your body and do what makes you feel good. Steroids are so individual and you cannot give cookie cutter um, protocols and just say, this is how you do it. Uh, You have to customize everything to every individual person's biology. Okay, next question is from Nate. Hi, sorry to inundate you. I'm wondering if self-phlebotomy, which is uh, bloodletting, bleeding yourself, is something you'd want to touch on in the podcast. In parentheses, with a 10-foot pole. I know it's a whole can of worms, but it could reduce long-term harm to not have a high hematocrit. If we could learn to safely self-phlebotomize at home, it could mitigate many cardiovascular issues or uh, kidney issues, maybe. Thanks. Yeah, so getting rid of blood is something that bodybuilders do, and it is healthy. Um, I do it. Uh, I I donate blood uh, on average about three times a year to get rid of high levels of red blood cells because all male hormones increase the amount of red blood cells in your body. One uh, hormone that is uh, uh, prescribed for this purpose is anadrol. If somebody uh, has low red blood cells before something like erythropoietin or EPO was invented, they used to be prescribed anadrol for that purpose to increase the amount of red blood cells in their body. Um, But all steroids increase the amount of red blood cells in your body, Uh, increase the amount of oxygen carrying blood that can get to your muscles and help fuel them um, during intense exercise. That's an effect of steroids. So if you have more red blood cells in the same amount of blood volume, a high hematocrit or high hemoglobin level, then your blood is going to be thicker because it contains more stuff or more cells in the same volume of liquid. So when you have thicker blood, your heart has to work harder to push it through your veins. And if you have that on a long-term basis over years, yeah, it's going to cause cardiovascular damage. So you should try to keep your red blood cell count and your hemoglobin in the normal range. The top of the normal range is fine. Um, in fact, if it's over the normal range and you uh, try to you know, do a blood donation at a facility, they won't even let you do it. So uh, quick, uh, if, if, if you do have problems with that, though, you can go drink a you can drink two liters of water and uh, within one, you know, if you then do that, do try to get your hematocrit or your hemoglobin measured uh, within one hour after um, drinking those two liters of water. The, the the huge amount of water will have increased your blood volume, which will decrease the ratio of um, red blood cells and the volume of blood, which will usually make it acceptable for them. It's <laughs> a little, little cheat code there. But uh, as far as phlebotomy, you know, um, don't do that by yourself. Um, the main reason is that when you start dealing with, with, with veins and stuff, you are increasing the um, riskiness of your performance enhancing drug activity by, um, by a, you're really, it's, it's a very like multiplying factor. You're really, once you go that, once you cross that barrier and you start using veins, you are, um, 
increasing the risk to what you were doing with taking steroids exponentially. Um, you know, you're, you're probably not going to collapse a vein, but, but it could happen. The main, the main problem that you could get is you could get a blood clot. And so if you don't know how to give phlebotomies, which is a reason why it's good for uh, professionals to do it, um, uh, then, then you could give yourself a blood clot because what you're doing is, is you, for one thing, you have to stick a huge fucking needle into your vein to make it be able to just flow out like it's supposed to. Uh, so, you know, the, the gauge of the needle that is used for bloodletting or blood donation or phlebotomy is a 14 or a 16 gauge needle. It's very thick. It's like a straw and it really hurts when it goes in. It always hurts like fuck when you donate blood. Um, and so the, uh, that that's one thing, okay. And the reason for that is to keep the blood flowing, and so that it won't clot and, with a small needle and then stop flowing out. Um, if you get a blood clot during a self phlebotomy, and then uh, that goes flowing around in your veins, you could have major problems, major problems, including a stroke. So just don't fuck with it, okay? That's <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. If you need to get rid of blood. You're going to have to put your finger in your nose if you want to do it yourself. You're going to have to put your finger in your nose and you're going to have to scrape around in there so that you start bleeding and then bleed into a cup. Or you're going to have to go have a professional do it. If you do a self-phlebotomy, that's very dangerous and it's not recommended. Uh, next question. Death Lion asks, Will you get prolactin sides from pharmaceutical-grade HGH if you only use a therapeutic level like 1.5 to 2 IUs a day and or split dosages 3 IU every other day. And then another another question that goes along with this question from Death Lion is by Sam. So I'm going to read these two together uh, because they I'm going to talk about the answer together. Okay. New and avid fan here from London would like to kick off by saying I love the podcast. They're so fucking spot on and not overcomplicated. Recently got the ebook Ultimate Guide to Roids, which is now my Bible. I am about to start low dose growth hormone, 100 IUs of generic before I start pharmaceutical. Listen to your pods, I would have started off with pharmaceutical from the off, but it was a case of finding a legitimate plug, which I now have. I'll be using it alongside TRT 125 milligrams per week at two IUs per day in the AM before cardio. My question is, as it is so close to prolactin, the growth hormone molecule, do I need to worry about taking cabra alongside of it? Have experience with trend and I'm aware of those side effects. So I'm trying to be as cautious as I can to avoid falling into that pit again. Yeah, so so when you, when you run trend and you get high prolactin or, you know, if you're using generic growth hormone and you get high prolactin or the gen, the generic growth hormone is um, has... Uh, impurities in it that your body sees as prolactin like molecules it can cause major sexual dysfunction uh both both in uh sex drive sex desire erection function etc you know very very horrible sexual dysfunction and it can be um persistent you know for a while after stopping it so he's obviously had experience with that from trend he's wondering if it goes with the growth hormone and then the other guy the death lion was asking about, you know, if he's using low dose pharmaceutical grade, will he need to worry about prolactin? The answer is no. You know, if you're using low low dose pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, you will not have prolactin problems. Uh, you will not need to worry about prolactin. Um, 
you know, you said 1.5 to two IUs per day, or you said uh, three IUs every other day. The the more bolus or large injection would be best for someone who is bulking with growth hormone, and the more consistent daily injection uh, would be better for someone who was uh, using growth hormone for fat loss and just for general body composition or or muscle gain. But somebody who wanted maximum muscle should be taking it at uh, higher dosages post workout rather than just taking it every day or throughout the day or something like that. Um, with the generic growth hormone though, yes, I would keep cabergolin on hand because generic growth hormone can cause sexual dysfunction. But the thing about the generic growth hormone induced sexual dysfunction that sucks is that it's actually pretty resistant to the cabergolin. So, um, the, the molecule of, of the actual somatropin growth hormone, uh, somatropin is, is the chemical name for growth hormone is there, you know, prolactin and somatropin growth hormone are both made in the pituitary gland and there's not much difference chemically between the two molecules. And when you have impurities in the generic growth hormone, it can, uh, they can be prolactin like molecules, the impurities and, uh, cause sexual dysfunction and it can linger for, you know, a month, two months or so after you stop including while you're using it, which can be very uh, distressing and not fun. Um, you know, so I would keep cabergolin on hand, but um, if you do experience that, uh, don't expect the, you know, the generic growth hormone induced sexual dysfunction. Don't expect the cabergolin to just completely solve it because it, it probably won't. It will help. But, um, you know, really it's, it's time with that one that, that gets you back. Does that happen to all generic growth hormone users? No, but with a lot of generic growth hormone users, it does after they take it for a certain amount of time. So that's an unfortunate side effect of generic growth hormone use. Again, guys, why you don't hear about this stuff is because bodybuilders have a specific image. They're trying to be a very macho, very manly man. And it does not fit the image of what they're trying to portray to have a dysfunctional penis, okay? So they won't talk about it. They'll deny that it happens. They'll say that doesn't happen. And you just won't hear about these things. You won't hear about a lot of penis problems, a lot of sexual dysfunction from steroid users, okay? But I personally don't care. And so that's why I'm just saying it to you, okay? So... Even though you have probably haven't heard before about the growth hormone generic causing sexual dysfunction, it does. Cat's out of the bag. Doesn't in everyone, just like trend doesn't cause it in everyone either. But with a lot of people, it does. And uh, that's just a fact of life. People have uh, really argued with me about this. And then, uh, you know, then gone and used their generic growth hormone and come back later and apologize to me about you know their their uh <laughs> the way that they talked which is kind of funny but uh anyways generic growth hormone is uh it, it's fine you know if you want to use some it, it's like the way that i said before i've used a bunch of generic growth hormone too i've probably used a thousand i use of it during my uh bodybuilding uh life or my bodybuilding experimentation but uh would i ever use it again now that i've used those thousand i use of it fuck no i would never use that shit again that shit is that shit sucks so just saying from personal experience 
coming from someone who's used it, it's like, no, no, I don't want to use that stuff. So that's over. Nathan asks, hey, mate, I'm taking two milliliters test sipionate for around 15 weeks. Now my nipples started to get a little sensitive, especially when I wear a tight shirt. My mate at gym thinks two milliliters wouldn't have any nipple effects. Just feels a bit funny when my shirt rubs against it. Can't wear anything tight. Yeah, so your your friend, he, he that's his body where 500 milligrams, two milliliters of testosterone per week doesn't give him estrogen effects, doesn't give him gyno effects. But that's not your body, okay? So there is, I've said this, this has been kind of a theme of the podcast actually because female hormones are the main things about steroids, female hormone conversion that cause side effects is that this is the single greatest um, variable or thing that is not the same from individual to individual about using steroids is how much estrogen they produce and their sensitivity to that estrogen from using steroids. Um, so just because your friend doesn't experience any estrogen side effects at all at two milliliters per week or 500 milligrams per week has no relevance on whether or not you will. Um, you know, I've, I've said this before. I know people, you know, who use thousands of milligrams per week of testosterone, 2,500 milligrams of testosterone, 2,000 milligrams of testosterone, 5,000 milligrams of testosterone per week. And I know people who use 500 milligrams of testosterone per week, 750, et cetera. And, you know, some of these guys that use those high dosages don't have to take any anti-estrogen at all. While other guys, you know, that take 500 or take 750 have to take one milligram of Arimidex every single day or else they'll get gyno. And then, you know, me, I'm kind of in the middle of that spectrum, but I'm, I'm kind of more, you know, personally estrogen sensitive myself. If I use a thousand milligrams of testosterone per week, yeah, I would need to use... 25 milligrams of exemestane every single day or I would need to use one milligram of Arimidex every single day or else I would get gyno. And people that don't have those genetics that have that happen will be like, what? What? You're crazy or something like that. And it's like, no, no, actually, I have a different body than you and my body reacts to this stuff differently than you. I'm going to get gyno if I didn't do that. All right. So it's the same thing with you. You have experimented and you have seen that on 500 milligrams of test, if you don't use any anti-estrogen, you will get gyno. So listen to your body and take anti-estrogen. <laughs> Just listen to your body, you know? Things that you read on the internet, things that you hear, things that people tell you. Don't listen to that shit, okay? Listen to you because these hormones are very personal. And you need to do what your body tells you. If you feel your body with any of these substances is telling you something, listen. It's important, man. It's the, that's the experience is so much more important than theory and all this shit and all this bodybuilding stuff. Experience is priceless while scientific knowledge is uh, it's, it's something to keep in mind. It's something to keep in mind to help you make theories and then experience is what creates your action plan. All right. Next question is from Crow. Hey bro. Question about oral trend. Does it change the physique at all? 
Also, I know it's highly toxic. What are your thoughts on using it just for setting new strength goals? Is this a good strength drug? Wondering how long is the half-life? Thanks again for spreading the truth. Yeah, oral tren, so uh, trenbolone is um, it, it's it's the strongest male hormone uh, stimulator um, known to known by medicine, known by science. They use it as a um, gauge to compare all other male hormones to. It's the the maximum stimulator of the androgen receptor. Um, at uh, per milligram, 17,000 times more powerful than testosterone per milligram. So a very potent dosage of uh, methyltrenbolone, oral trenbolone, um, is one milligram per day. You know, one milligram per day will have, you know, the body body changing effects of something like, you know, 1,500 milligrams of testosterone per week. So it's extremely, extremely potent. It's also more toxic than any other oral steroid. It's the most toxic known oral steroid. Um, it is very good for strength. Yes, um, it is. It is absolutely a good strength drug. It's also a physique drug. It does everything. It's a, it, do, it does everything. Okay. Everything that steroids do, everything that trenbolone does, injectable tren, methyltrenbolone does it more extremely. But this is the thing is that your heroes or the guys that you look up to didn't rely on oral trend to, uh, to build their physique. Okay. That's not what people are, uh, you know, what the pros are doing, what the golden era guys did. That's not what they did. So when you're always looking for this new thing or the strongest thing, the most powerful thing, the magic ingredient, just know that that's not the solution to your problems. The solution to your problems in bodybuilding is consistency day after day after day. Um, consistency is the name of the game in bodybuilding. It's not, you know, what's the new magic pill? What's the new magic potion? What's the new magic PED? What's the new steroid, HGH or whatever? Know that in order to get maximal results, really, it's consistency, okay? And taking something like Trenbolone, for example, is what people, you know, injectable trenbolone, not oral trenbolone, is what the people you look up to, is what the pros use to get their physiques. So you being an amateur, you don't need to reinvent the wheel in order to do what you want to do with your body, okay? So if you are at the very top of your sport, if you're at the very top of bodybuilding, at the very top of strongman or powerlifting, then yeah, Go ahead and experiment with these things like oral trend and, and using them, you know, to really try and make a difference in what you're doing. But for the 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 normal guys, um, you don't need that. Um, and the people that got to where you want to be didn't use that. Uh, so you're trying to then reinvent the wheel and do something new, do something that is different than what the guys that have already done what you want to achieve do. So it's like, why are you doing that? You know, why do you feel as an amateur that you need to reinvent the wheel instead of just doing what works, what's tried and true? It's, some, it's something to keep in mind. Matt asks, after taking any oral in any amount for about three weeks, I get terrible nausea, upset stomach, tried Debol, Anadrol, Anavar, Superdrol, and it doesn't matter if I take them with food or not. Any idea how to combat this or should I just be happy? 
getting three weeks out of my orals. Main thing is baking soda. The orals and other potent steroids like Trend cause protein recycling. Protein is amino acids. Causes you to retain a lot of nitrogen. Nitrogen means protein, amino acids. And when your body uh, has that, it becomes acidic. Amino acids are acids. They're acidic. And then you'll get massive indigestion. You'll have burning in your throat. Um, very upset stomach and just feeling like shit. Because when you got all this acid coming in your throat, you feel like shit. And so what you need to do is you need to basify or alkalinize your body. And the most common, cheap, and effective um, alkaline substance is baking soda, sodium bicarbonate. And so you need to take that in a one teaspoon to one tablespoon dosages whenever you feel those feelings. There's people on the internet that say, don't use that. Because they've read a bunch of science, okay? Saying that it doesn't work, but it does, okay? It does work. In practice, it does work, and it's more effective than anything else. Any other indigestion medication, okay? Okay, just try it. Just try it. If you, you know, you're gonna, if you're one of these guys that is just hell bent on science, okay, just try it because it works and it works instantly. All right, you take it five minutes later, problem solved. All right, and if you get more indigestion, you take it again. You know, I think that if you if you uh, do this, it's it's going to fix all your problems, Matt. Okay, next question is from Rowland. Did a twelve week five hundred test cycle with half AI pill every other day? I, I'm guessing a Rimidex half milligram every other day. Uh, blood work while on and estrogen was in the normal range. The last cycle, last week on cycle, developed small amount of bacne, so acne on his back. Stopped AI and test at the 12 week mark. Waited two weeks and started, uh, and start waited two weeks and started PCT. Bacne went crazy. It's been two weeks since PCT and still have some present, but not as bad though. Getting blood work done soon. Just curious where I screwed up for the next run, or better yet, how do you lower DHT levels? Okay, so he thinks it's caused by DHT, which it could be, but that's very uncommon. Uh, Usually people only get DHT acne uh, when they run uh, Proviron or Masteron. Uh, Usually acne is caused, some people get um, androgen-related acne too from Trenbolone, but uh, the the very likely culprit of your acne was just estrogen. You know, you got it tested. You got your estrogen levels tested, but, you know, the estrogen levels are going up and down. Maybe when you took the estrogen test, you know, it was in the no- normal range at that moment, but then the next day or, the you know, later that day or whatever, then it wasn't in the normal range again. I think that that's the most likely thing is that you need to take more AI. When estrogen goes up, when estrogen goes out of range, you get acne. Okay, it's it's really like a it's 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 a direct effect of estrogen going up. And then, you know, you stopped and did PCT. And generally during PCT, especially if you're taking stuff like HCG, um, your your estrogen goes up a lot, um, which will which will then cause acne. Um, Another thing that causes acne is just hormonal levels changing swings in hormone levels. Uh, So, you know, next time during your PCT, take. Arimidex during the PCT because you said you stopped it before the PCT. Keep taking it during the PCT. It'll make your PCT more effective. And um, 
I, I think that, you know, instead of taking the est- the anti-estrogen on a cookie cutter uh, protocol like you, you were doing, like, okay, you know, half milligram every other day and, and then like, see, you know, testing your estrogen and seeing where it was at. Instead of doing that, just take it to avoid side effects. So when you get side effects, take the anti-estrogen. And when you're feeling good, don't take the anti-estrogen. It works so fast. The results or the effects of taking it are noticed within one to three hours after taking it. And, you know, when you take too much, you feel like shit, really tired, okay? So that is also a way to know if you've taken too much, which means back off. The anti-estrogen is something that you've got to experiment with for your personal body, and you've got to use it for the purpose of eliminating your side effects. All right, the last question is from Maddie. Hey, man, just wanted to ask a question on the podcast. I'm new to this whole thing, and I'm currently taking one milliliter of Sustanon every three days. It's about 600 milligrams test per week. I haven't lost gain any weight, but my strength is going up extremely fast. Just wanted to know for my next cycle, what would you recommend adding in to bump up my size? And would Novodex be a good thing to have on hand for gyno? Yeah, Novodex is good for gyno. It's an estrogen receptor blocker that is especially potent on the nipple tissue. Uh, so it has the estrogen receptors in the nipple tissue. It directly goes there and has a stronger effect at blocking the estrogen receptor there than in other tissues in your body with estrogen receptors. But when you want to take care of your estrogen levels or avoid gyno in general, the first thing that you should be doing is you should be reducing your total body estrogen levels. So that's with a regular aromatase inhibitor, AI, uh, such as arimidex, examestane, or letrozole. Um, And those reduce your total body estrogen levels. And then if you're still having problems or you want to shrink gyno that you already have, then on top of having, you know, having lowered your full body estrogen levels, then you could go and use Novodex and block the estrogen receptor. That's generally the most effective way to use an AI. However, if you just feel better using Novodex than using one of the other ones, that's okay too. Um, uh, so you said adding in to bump up size. What would you do for the next cycle to bump up size? I would say to to use Anadrol. Um, if you added in 50 milligrams a day and adult to your next cycle, you'll, you'll really get that, uh, more steroid look that you're looking for, obviously, you know, where your, your muscles are big, more big, full round separated. They're more, um, you know, the shape of bowling balls. You know, when you take testosterone, it makes you a bigger version of you, your natural self, unless you take really big dosages, something like 1,500 milligrams testosterone per week will then start giving you only you know, will then start getting you that really round bowling ball look. But if you're using lower dosages than a thousand milligrams per week, you're not going to be getting that unnatural bodybuilder shape to your muscles. That comes from unnatural hormones. Uh, so, so stuff like uh, like Danabol, Winstrol, Trembolone, Anadrol, etc. Um, Anadrol is just easy to use though. Okay. You know, there's these rumors out there that it's, it gives a bunch of water retention and that it causes a bunch of estrogen effects. And those aren't true. It gives water retention inside your muscles. So your muscles look bigger, fuller and rounder. And, uh, the only people that it has an estrogen effect on is people with a mutated androgen receptor where the androgen can directly communicate with their, uh, their estrogen receptor. And that is unusual. That's not normal. That's a very, uh, select few minority of people that have that mutation that causes that, um, uh, is very good. All right. So, um, 
that was the last question for the podcast today, guys. Uh, if you listen uh, to, if you could go to the Apple Podcast app and leave a review for the Steroids podcast there, if you could do that right now, that would be really awesome. It's anonymous, so you can go leave that there, and, and it really helps the podcast grow and get more listeners. Uh, it really, really helps the you know algorithm that they use, you know their machine learning that they use to recommend the podcast. Uh, so if you could go there and, and uh, you know, leave a five-star rating and then uh, for, the, for the steroids podcast on the Apple podcast app and then leave a five-star review and leave a comment there, you know, saying like, I love, I love the steroids podcast, whatever. <laughs> you know, that would really be awesome. I'd really appreciate that, you know, give you a massive high five. So if you could do that right now, man, that'd be pretty awesome. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go ahead and do that. And, uh, other than that, guys, take care. Next time I speak to you, I'll be in uh, I'll be in Turkey, the country Turkey. All right, see you later. If you would like your questions to be answered on the Steroids Podcast, go to steroidspodcast.com and leave a comment with your questions, or email, or private message steroidspodcast at gmail.com or steroidspodcast on Instagram. Until next time.